do you say what you sorry do you do what you say you will do do you at least try or do you make promises that you have no intention of fulfilling I hope not but we human beings don't always follow through do we and there can be a number of reasons for that. We, we get tired of irritating people, so we don't follow through. We break our promises. We can be unreliable. We sometimes forget to do what we say we would do. Other things might get in the way, other things that are more important, at least in our minds. I know I've let people down and I'm sure that you have too. But do we try to be people of integrity, people who keep our word? Recall a time when we were camping out at Carnarvon Gorge and I had promised one of our boys, I'd promised Andrew, that on the final morning we would go for a run. He wanted to go for a a morning run out to what's called the art gallery. It's about a 10.5k run. And I woke up and I wasn't feeling so well. But I had promised. And I guess I consider you make promises to your kids then you need to keep them. Your kids need to know that you are trustworthy. I didn't feel so well. But we set out on our run. I soon developed a migraine. And that's the way it happens for me. A migraine can come about half an hour after I get up. And so I developed this migraine. I'm happy to say I was able to fill my promise to Andrew. We did the run, albeit it was not an enjoyable run. And I held him up on numerous occasions. And he was quite concerned for his dad. What's wrong with you? But we'd fulfilled that promise. A few weeks ago, prior to Easter, we began to look at chapter 6 in the book of Hebrews. And so if you have your Bibles with you, you might like to open to Hebrews chapter 6. But in the previous verses to today's passage, the writer makes the point that the way that we finish the race is what is most important. How we finish the race, that faith and patience will see us through to receiving our eternal rewards. Faith and patience will ensure that our hope is steadfast. And so from verse 9, the emphasis is on hope from chapter 6 and our hope being secure. In our passage today the writer says that our hope is indeed secure steadfast it is fixed based upon who God is and Petrina's already mentioned that about our outrageously faithful God and so the writer talks about God's promises his faithfulness and the steadfastness of Jesus accomplishments in our our reading today. Last week, Kate's first point was that God keeps his promises. God's promises, or God and his promises, can be trusted. But 
you might have to wait patiently. You might have to wait patiently to see those promises fulfilled, just like Abraham. But God's promises can be trusted because his promises never change. His promises are not forgotten, never forgotten. His promises are unbreakable. Because God doesn't change, nor do his promises, then our hope, our hope is as solid as air's rock. Our hope is steadfast. I can't imagine anything but the power of God moving air's rock. So let's have a look at verses 13 to 15 initially in chapter 6. When God made his promises to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. God's promises never change. God's promises never change. God made a promise to Abram that he would ultimately fulfil down the track. And that promise was to make his descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky as the sand is on the seashore. Now, Abram was around 75 years old when this initial promise is made by God. It's in Genesis 12, verse 4. But there's just one problem. Abram has no children. His original name, Abram, means exalted father. And so you can imagine he's introducing himself to someone. He would say, hi, I'm Abram, exalted father. To which the other person would no doubt reply, oh, okay, how many kids do you have? Uh, none. Uh, exalted father? So 24 years later, 24 years later, Genesis chapter 17, God meets again with Abram and changes his name to Abraham. Now, Abraham means father of multitudes, or father of a multitude, and says that by this time next year, you'll have a son. And so although Abraham does not see the fulfilment of the promise, he doesn't see the the completion of the promise, he does see its conception. No pun intended. And indeed, he does see the faithfulness of God. God can be trusted. God can be true to his word. His promises will never, ever fail. As the writer of Hebrews says, after waiting patiently, well, did he really wait patiently? But... Okay, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. God's promises never change. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians that all of God's promises are yes and amen. They are yes and amen. They are firm, they are sure, let them be so. They will be so. One of our problems is that we are very impatient and often very impatient with God. Hence, Abraham 
24 years? No. I must have misheard God. I must have got it wrong. No, God can't surely be coming through with that promise. We pray and we expect immediate answers. We hold on to hope for a short time and then we become disappointed that God has not come through for us. We read scripture and we sense the Lord's leading and then we get frustrated when things just seem to be moving so slowly. Come on, God, get on with it. We begin to question whether we did in fact hear from God. We then take things into our own hands and we make a mess of it, just like Abraham did with Hagar, the birth of Ishmael. But even so, even when we forget God's promises, we make a mess of it, even so, when we are faithless, God remains faithful to his promises. He promises His promises are unbreakable. Why? Because his promises are based upon his purpose and his purposes never alter, never change. God's purposes never change. Verse 17. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Notice there the unchanging nature of his purpose. His purposes never change. What he has purposed from the beginning of creation or prior to creation, what he purposed from the beginning, he will bring to completion. You can put your house on it. In fact, you can put your life on it. You can put your life on it that God will come through. Abraham was called to put the life of his son on the unchanging purpose, on the unchanging promise of God. And what a request. The Lord had promised to to Abraham that he would be the father of multitudes of people and then he asked him to sacrifice his son Isaac. But such was Abraham's faith and obedience and such was God's good pleasure in seeing such faith in Abraham that God makes an oath, took an oath. He said, I swear by myself that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, this is in Genesis 22, I swear by myself that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, I will surely bless you. God was so pleased with Abraham's faith and obedience. I will surely bless you. By making such a further promise, he confirms both, both his promise and his purposes. He confirms them both, that they are both unchanging, his promises and his purposes. In the battles of life, when you're being tossed about, does your faith in the Lord stand firm? Does your faith really stand firm when God seems to be so slow in coming through for you? When it seems that he's not answering your prayers? When your patience is wearing so thin? 
when you're wanting to take things into your own hands? Are you still prepared to bet your life on the promises and the purposes of God? I will be patient. I will wait. I do trust in the Lord. I do believe. Will you stay true to your commitment to the Lord? Will you continue to obey? Will you continue to trust? Is your faith firm in the hope that you have in your outrageously faithful God? The writer says that God can be trusted because he doesn't change. God took an oath swearing on himself. Swearing upon myself, I will do this, he will do this. In this instance with Abraham, he doesn't have to take this oath, but he does so to increase Abraham's faith in him. And so we too can trust our God, albeit that our patience at times may be tested. Now we tend to have trouble with promises today because we tend to break them. Or others have broken their promises to us. And so what does Jesus do or what does Jesus say? He encourages us in the Sermon on the Mount to simply be true to our word. He says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. He says, don't take an oath because you're too bound to not fulfil it. But be people of truth. Let your words mean what they mean. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't take an oath because you're too prone to fail. But try to always be true to your word. Try to be true to your word. Let that be your heart's desire, that you will try to do what you've said you will do. And that includes our promise or our commitment to God. We've made a commitment to the Lord. I love you, Lord. I want to be your child. I want to serve you all the days of my life. We want to acknowledge him as our saviour. We commit ourselves to, to him. Are we going to be true to that promise, to that word that we've made to the Lord? God, however, can take an oath because what he promises he will always deliver. He is absolutely reliable, he is truth, he is faithful, he is trustworthy, he is solid as a rock. In fact, he is the rock of ages. We therefore live with a hope that is sure. We take hold of hope with greater courage. Our hope is not a fanciful wish. Our hope is a a blessed assurance. We have this assurance, this confidence, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm the heir of salvation. I'm the purchase of God. I'm born of his spirit. I'm washed in his blood. And I'm having visions of rapture now burst on my sight, as the writer of that hymn declares. Verse 18. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. You see, under persecution, they were fearing for their lives. Many of these Hebrew people had fled. 
and their hope, their hope was still in the Lord to come through for them. If God's promises are unchanging and he makes promises based upon his unchanging purpose and then he confirms those promises with a further commitment to them, then nothing else can be surer. Nothing else can be more certain. To trust in God's unchanging promises is to trust in the God who does not change. You can trust in his promises because he does not change. The psalmist wrote, In the beginning you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. You laid the foundations of the earth, the heavens are the work of the hands, they will perish, says the psalmist. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, the heavens and the earth, and they will be discarded, but you remain the same, and your years will never end. Our God remains the same, yesterday, today and forever. And so we put our faith, we put our trust, our hope is in him for a glorious eternity spent in his presence. And our hope is described as an anchor for the soul. An anchor for the soul. An anchor for the soul lets your soul rest in peace even amidst the storms of life. In spite of what's going on up above, the anchor is firm, is steadfast, is secure. Your hope is like an anchor for the soul. That's how solid our hope is in the Lord. Our hope for eternal life. How solid our hope is in our good God. Verse 19 to 20. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters our hope. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. In the order of Melchizedek, And the psalmist is quoting from Psalm 110. It's referencing there to the order of Melchizedek. And the order of Melchizedek refers to the idea that there was no known record of his birth or his death. And that for Melchizedek, he was not born into the, the priesthood from the family line of the Levites. This hadn't actually been put in place yet. The nation of Israel was, had not been born. And yet Melchizedek is recognised by Abraham as the high priest. He was not born into that position. There's no record of his birth or his death. And yet he has the role of the high priest. And as there's no record of his death, his, his role is thought to continue. And this is the point that the writer is seeking to make here and into chapter 7. And you continue to read on about Melchizedek in chapter 7. 
the point that the writer is seeking to make is that Jesus too is our high priest as our high priest was not born into this position through the family line of the Levites. He was born through the family of Judah. He was not born into that high priestly role. But because he lives, his role continues on forever. Chapter 7, verse 24. His role continues on forever. Therefore, he's far more superior to any present-day priest or to Melchizedek himself. Our hope, our assurance is based upon the fact that the curtain in the temple was torn from top to bottom to illustrate this wondrous event that Jesus as our high priest has made atonement for our sin once and for all. Verse 27 of chapter 7. And he's opened the way for us to follow him. He's opened up the way. Jesus has entered into the most holy place, into the presence of God. And it's our faith and our hope and our love for the Lord that allows us into the presence of the Lord too. Our faith, our hope, our love in the Father. And the hope that we possess is like an anchor for the soul. Our faith in Jesus is like that secure chain that connects to the anchor. Our hope in our Saviour, who is the same yesterday, today and forever, whose promises and purposes remain the same, are never changing, are unbreakable. Our hope is like an anchor for the soul. You know, there's, we cannot live without hope. You do not live without hope. Without hope... You would suicide. Without hope of a better day coming or a better tomorrow, without hope, you wouldn't continue to live. We all live with hope, but our hope is secure, is solid in Jesus Christ, in what God has done for us, because God's promises never fail, His purposes never change. Our hope is like an anchor for the soul and it allows us to rest. As Fanny Crosby says in that that hymn, Blessed Assurance, we're watching, we're waiting, we're looking above, we're filled with his goodness, we're lost in his love. Many years ago, a captain of an English ship was sailing near Turkey and was caught in a storm. And as there was no harbour nearby, he let down the anchor. But he let down the anchor. The storm was so fierce that the anchor was just sliding along, unable to grip into the sandy seabed. And so he's just being dragged, or the anchor is being dragged. It couldn't grip into that sandy seabed. So he let down another anchor a second huge anchor. It too refused to take hold and the ship was drifting nearer and nearer to the shore and may soon be stranded. He had one small anchor left and the captain felt sure, well, if the two big ones didn't work, this isn't going to work, but he let down that anchor anyway. To his surprise, the chain tightened 
and soon the ship was held fast by the help of that smaller anchor, that little anchor, the ship rode out the storm. When the time came to lift the anchors, the two big ones came up easily, for they hadn't caught on the seabed. But the little anchor initially refused to come up. And so they pulled ever so hard. And at last it began to come up little by little, and it was very, very heavy. Something else came up with that anchor. And it was another anchor. The little anchor had caught in the ring of an anchor of a big battleship that had been lost in that region years before. That's why the little anchor held so firmly. And I think there's a real message in that for us. If a very little anchor can slip into the great strong grasp of a warship's anchor, it thereby receives all of that great anchor's strength. It's the same for us. Christ has entered into the Holy of Holies, entered into glory with the Father. And although our faith might be small, if our faith is in the strong keeping of Jesus, then all of his love, all of his strength, all of his goodness will hold us safe. But are we holding on to him? We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Firm and secure. It's because of our God, our God who is reliable, dependable, faithful, outrageously faithful, never changing in his purposes or promises, that we have such a blessed assurance. I trust that you're encouraged this morning because of who our God is. I trust that your hope in him is secure, is firm.